guys, welcome back to the Pause and Read Book Club. I'm Drake, this is Tyler. I'm Tyler. Alright, this month's book is The Priory of the Orange Tree. You've been working out? You lifted that thick, really easily. Thick boy, you know, I mean, this is like 20 pounds at least. Um, but yeah, this is this month's book. Well, it's quite a divisive book. I don't know if it's about you, but I've been seeing a lot of videos on my feed of people, like, not finishing it. Or they DNF. just give it a bad yeah DNF, DNF. Is don't finish or they give it a bad rating oh well, yeah so. hold on yeah this the author is Samantha Shannon yeah um and just so y'all know she there's a sequel and there is a prequel and of course like he's kind of saying this is a very popular book I've yeah at first before we started reading this I saw only positive now after going deeper into TikTok and all that. Yeah, people have a lot of opinions about this, which you, happens with really popular books. Do you think it's just because it sat a little while, like people are sitting with it and kind of going back through it? Or do you think that we were just only seeing positives just by happenstance before we started? Yeah, it? I think we started with just the popularity of it and you know, just like regarded. The popular opinion is that mm -hmm. it's amazing and had no flaws, I feel like. And it also... Before we start talking about it at all, it is a very uh, diversified, diversified book. You progressive. Know? Yeah, progressive, LGBTQ, has everything. So that is a big thing. I don't, well, I don't want to say it now, but I don't really think it was that big of a part of the story. I'm... I don't want to, I almost said I have some stuff to say about that, but that sounds <laughs> no. like, that sounds like I have a, racist. I have a problem. With... <laughs> no, but I just have some points about that, that topic. An epic standalone fantasy about an empire that has gone through the years of being attacked by dragons. No used to be too in depth well, about it. It's on the cover. Yeah. Technically wyverns, but yeah, dragons. Yeah. Um, and it's just going through the struggle with a bunch of other multi-perspective things going on. And a bunch of stories all coming into one point. Okay, well, let's just start with overall reaction to the book after finishing it. What do you, how do you feel about it so far? I think it was a very good book. Um, it had some good themes, like we talked about, you know, uh, a well spread out cast of characters, a lot of different cultures all into one. It's gained a good reputation as a, a fantasy solid fantasy book around. that maybe more of the people that read way of kings and lord of the rings are starting to dip their toes into it and seeing that it, maybe this isn't like yeah. for hardcore fantasy fans this is more of a casual read yeah. and, and that's it's also we're seeing uh, those negative reviews it's also overwhelming imagine female reading pool like when i just on tiktok i haven't seen one dude review oh, this well, to yeah. be fair so i think also like i feel like women are more naturally probably gonna uh relate to it you know and i just feel like it's more it's one of those stories that i still really enjoyed it of course it's almost like there's a different speed for each perspective like you're supposed to retain the flow that it was going at <laughs> one character's perspective is moving at a very like snail pace whereas a, you go across the ocean and they're moving way quicker and it's kind of hard to counterbalance these different Stories moving at different paces. Yeah. Well, I also think that Eid, I felt like she was the central story. I don't know if they really, it was supposed to be like that, but 
I for at least half the book, I was just waiting to get back to Eid because I didn't care about the other two perspectives mm-hmm. for the most part. Um, decent writing. I, w- I wasn't blown away by anything she described. In my opinion, it wasn't like extremely detailed or really. I mean, How the what, what they call it? Yeah, the Eastern Dragons, the Dragon Riders. The Water Dragon. I was actually kind of, I couldn't really imagine them in a satisfying way. I had the same problem. I didn't really... So... I couldn't tell. Okay, I'm going to tell you what I imagine. The wyverns, I'm, which are the fire breathers, I imagine them as like smaller and more Chinese <clears throat> mythology dragons where they have the short legs and they're very twisty and not that big. Yeah. And the eastern dragons, I imagine like huge, like building-sized and like more traditional dragon with the buff arms and back legs and the wings on top of their shoulders and more like a... A traditional medieval dragon. And then, of course, the western dragons, the bad ones, um, I saw them as being even bigger. Like I the big really? ones. Yeah. Well, the the really big, like the, uh, whatever, the, the five. left hand, the right hand, whatever. Yeah, those I imagine is huge. But, like, yeah. just, like, the ones that they say, like, they'll find them sleeping in a cave. I imagine those as, like, a school bus size. Yeah. I don't, I don't know about, see, the eastern dragons being big. I just imagine them as big because they talk about how ancient they are. They're like thousands yeah. of years old. They say they came from the stars. I just imagine these huge beasts. I was a big fan of the different cultures in the book. Like you have <clears throat> the Berthnets, which are like more traditional medieval fantasy, I feel like. Yeah. And then you have the South, which is kind of feels like um, this like Indian, like India the country vibe. I or thought maybe... it rugged. Like just like less... Uh advanced maybe i don't know like more like in tune with nature yeah yeah, yeah. but uh, like the the siri or easier whatever it is Who? The, the south continent i don't know that i people? couldn't oh, i couldn't okay. understand you have to give me a name of who was there like where the priory is oh, okay yeah um i imagine them as more yeah like i said indian or uh, even egyptian kind of vibe because they talk about how their clothes are different and their structures are different. They're more built to live in the desert, keep out the sun. Yeah. Things like that. Um, and across the east, I definitely got more of an Asian vibe. So something like uh, traditional Chinese. They talk about how they wear like tunics with sashes, things like that. Maybe even Japanese. I'm not entirely sure of that. And then um, Hroth, the northern kingdom. Just from the name, you get obvious Nordic, you know, uh, anglo-saxon vibes traditional vikings even though they never even go into them which was a little disappointing yeah yeah yeah. i definitely think after i agree with um the birthnet whatever uh sabrin and their empire definitely just such a classic royalty empire kind of thing you know where it's just you know what you think of as an epic fantasy from a while ago and then everything else is kind of just thrown in there which added a nice you know change of pace to summarize it again you know it touched so many different cultures and brought them all together. Um, it is a bit hard, you know. I will say, if you're not a fan of multi perspectives, it was hard for me because this is my first multi perspective book that jumps into it right away. I think it was a little fast mm-hmm. in the beginning, personally, to get, you know, just get it going. But yeah, <laughs> it does have a lot of pers- different perspectives, and it's kind of like a juggling or a balancing act to get all them to fit into a story because normally it's so weird to think of this as a short fantasy series but it's only one book so normally 
you have a lot longer, say in, in something like Game of Thrones, to work on those perspectives and really develop them out. Where this book kind of has to pick up the pace eventually. It starts kind of slow, but because you only have one book, you have to move through it quicker, and you have this uh, ticking clock throughout the mo or once you find out about it, you have this ticking clock going on, and you kind of have to keep pace with that and ensure that you tell the story you want to tell with all these characters by the end of 800 pages or so. Yeah, and I would say that is all good. That's all the things we kind of liked. I did enjoy most of it, um, but if we were to go into something I didn't like as much, I feel like with that only being one book and how fast-paced it was, I don't think any one character mm. didn't have much depth at all, in my opinion. I think everyone stayed the same. I don't think there was any, any real development, if I'm being honest, yeah, the in the characters. Besides, one of the characters, uh, Ruse, Niklaus, Niklaus, is that how you pronounce it? I was pronouncing it Nicholas the whole time. <laughs> no, that's not right. I only said Ruse, yeah. but you'll see him later if you decide to read it. But uh, he's the only one that had some kind of development. But even then, I kind of hated him, to oh, be we'll, honest. We'll go into that Freaking in the spoiler section. But yeah, um, well, I do feel like uh, <clears throat> Tane which is the other main character besides yeah. Eid. She has a little bit of development where um, she kind of changes her worldview and how she perceives her own actions. But yeah, you're right. They do have a lot of characters that don't really change throughout. I mean, you could say um, like Sabrin the <coughs> Queen. She yes. has a little bit of development, but for the most part, characters kind of stay the same. They only react to what's happening yeah. to them. They don't actually go through any personal growth. So I was going to say that too. I think there's no personal growth, but the overall culture, theology, that yeah. changes. And they're yeah. the, and that's when they're like, okay, their mindset changes, but them as characters, I just felt like, yeah, there was no real, like, a lot. You know, I'd say Loth is the one that changed the most. Yeah. Loth True, like, but that's just because of what he went through and had to go through. Why? Hard to talk about a book with so many characters <clears throat> without getting the spoilers because you don't want to... You don't want to ruin future characters for people that haven't read it yet, but there is a ton of characters in this book. Yeah, and there is a build. I don't think it's an insane build, to be honest. I, you know, this is a very neutral book for me. I don't think there is any high highs. I really, I mean, I don't think anything insane happened. Yeah, I think well, it was all assumed. Yeah, well, there's a there's political buildup, which I was very yeah. interested in, but... As it moves more in towards like the world ending buildup, yeah, I wasn't feeling any real pressure. Um, it is weird to have a book where, uh, a fantasy book at least, where your characters don't <laughs> like get stronger or better as the book goes on. They all have kind of their own <laughs> development. Well, the two main ones, Eid and Tane, have their own development at the beginning. And then they just kind of stay at the same level until the very, very end of the book. It's so yeah. odd that they don't, like, Eid is just, you know, described as very uh, agile and trained in combat, stuff like that. And she never, like, goes trained with anyone else or hones her skill. Just like, no, she's the best, and that's just how it's going to be. Yeah, I guess there's no real time for that. How do you feel about the world building? Did you buy into it? Like, could you imagine all these vastly different cultures pretty close to each other because the map is pretty small when you're reading it you start to realize it only takes a few weeks to get places in a world where they're traveling by horseback or bear like yeah <laughs> I, I thought about that too um i actually thought 
the opposite and that it it was taking longer than usual. Because I feel like for most, well, from what I've read, um, it was never like weeks. I know they're very vague, of course, where it's like, mm-hmm. you know, that we have this one click, you know, this uh, this clock that's ticking. Yeah. But still, it's like, oh, it's been weeks. And I never really knew how long it's been. But yeah, I did kind of, the world building was good. But I think because it changed so fast and so much, I kind of got lost to it. Or more, I didn't care as much, if I'm being honest. Because it changed so often that I still, it was decent, you know, world building. But I don't think she went too in-depth. It was pretty pretty vague. Yeah, I think she's definitely not a cartographer, a map build maker. <laughs> no, no. Map uh, builder. They will cross the ocean in a couple of weeks. But then maybe the map is just deceptive. You can take a look at it after we're done. Oh, yeah. They'll talk about how they're going from Mintenden, which is like the Detroit, no, uh, Yaskalin. Yeah. Or Yaskalai, whatever, Yaskalin. the Draconic Kingdom. Yeah. And then they're going to go south to the Priory. And that's going to take them four days of travel. But then they'll talk about how they land in uh, Mintenden, which is uh, the Berthanet kingdom mm-hmm. and it takes them three weeks to get to the kingdom it's just like this little island on the map i was like maybe this you know maybe the map is just throwing off the scale but it kind of just seems that characters move at the pace they need to for the plot without any real respect for the actual size of the land they're moving through yeah and that's you know it's weird where you know it's a bit in the uh, the negative section of it the pace is fast, um, but there's almost too much book. Like there's, you know, it's a long book, mm-hmm. even though the pace is so fast. So I don't know. It's like, it's so changing. And like you kind of said, it depends on who you're following. I feel like some are rushed for the need of it. Some are really slow. And it seems weird. I don't know. It seems inconsistent to me. Mm-hmm. Whereas like Eid is like, you know, it's been like hours. And we're just following the story for like 50 pages or something. And we go to Tane, and then everything happens to her yeah. in, like, 20 pages. Like, damn, I don't know. It was weird. And I know it may be for the story kind of focusing on the central plot of it, I guess, which is, of course, they want to push Eden mm-hmm. and Sabrin so much. How do you feel about the the romance? Were you compelled by it? Oh, so or... that's, a, yeah, romance. This is my first romance book. It's very late. It's very laid back or not in the forefront. It's like... It's in the back, but it's there. It's building throughout yeah. the whole book. Yeah, I mean, it was all right. It wasn't anything. It wasn't nearly as stimulating as I was hoping. <laughs> I, I thought it was... Actually, it did get a little bit intense, you know. Um, I think it started with one scene, and I was like, okay, that was really light. Then it got into the the main climax. Um, and then that one was more intense, but it was like two pages. I mean, it was my first exposure to it. Didn't be, wow me. Yeah. Drake sold me on this book by saying that it was a fantasy book with sex in it. And I was like, oh, that sounds interesting. I thought the dragons were going to have sex. I was waiting for that the whole time. No dragon sticks. Definitely um, let down. I do think the romance you get is way better when it's not sexual. Like when it's just building a romantic relationship yeah. and all the other aspects because that's really compelling. I agree. But as far as the actual, I think there's three or four sex scenes in the book and they're pretty mid yeah i mean yeah once again i don't think it's about that i think they're 
their relationship and how they talk to each other and the buildup of true love or whatever is mm-hmm. way better than the, you know, the smut. Yeah. Yeah. The smut's mid, but the ro- yeah. the actual real romance is very good. Which I wasn't expecting anyway. I mean, I don't think it'd be a true... No, it could happen, but I think it would be kind of strange to have just really gripping sex scenes <laughs> in a book about I didn't know. everything I mean, happening. Well, especially with the time period that the yeah. first sex scene occurs in. Yeah, I enjoyed the the romance for the most part. I do have some problems with it that we'll get into the um, in the spoiler section concerning uh, Roos and Loth. Where I feel like those two characters could have been switched around, but we'll get into mm. that in a little bit. Overall enjoyment. How did you feel? Did you were you happy with the book overall, or did you think it left some things to be desired? Were you disappointed? How are you feeling? I think I was completely satisfied by it. Um, it was a good read. It was bingeable at moments. And it was just a good story. I had some issues with the ending. But uh, overall, it was a good read. Yeah, I definitely think, especially if you're new to fantasy, but really anyone that's into fantasy at all, is definitely worth a read. Um, it is long, but it's only one book. Like I said, there is a sequel coming out later, but... For now, it's only one book and it is a complete story. It's not like you're gonna it's not like it ends on a cliffhanger or anything like that. It leaves some things open to where they ha- they can have a sequel, and in this case a prequel as well, but it leaves uh but it concludes very well. And like you said, bingeability is very bingeable for the most part. There are a couple chapters where it's a little bit of a slog, but yeah, I was reading sometimes one day I read like 200 pages, which is rare for me. I usually don't read too much in a single day, but it was just flowing so well that I was like, I'm just going to keep going. I do have one just kind of, you kind of said, uh, and like we said in the beginning, there is a sequel coming, I think. But in your opinions, just out of curiosity, mm-hmm. do you think this could be more? You think this could be a trilogy? Like, do you think this world could be fleshed out more that would be desirable? No. I was going to say the same <laughs> yeah, thing. I, I do not think... I do. I do. I don't think, care anymore. Yeah, I think I, it's good. I do think. I do think there is enough room for a sequel, but I do not think it's necessary, um, especially if they don't do another time jump. If they, we'll talk about it in the spoiler section, but the the plot convenience that is left in to open the door for a sequel, I really hope it's not about that. But yeah, I felt happy with where the world ended. I felt like this was an old world that we are kind of seeing the end of. All these epic things happened in the past and we're seeing like this final great battle or great, you know, event that's going to happen. And then the fantasy element of the world is kind of dying out. I do think through and through this book's whole theme is progression. And I think even the ending um, takes note of that. I mean, I think everything about this book is progressive in nature with everything that goes on and then like you just said is it is paving a way to a new age so yeah um yeah and it is like you're totally right about this being about progression not just progression of society but also the progression of mindsets literally changing the minds or changing the minds of the people that live in this world and basically forcing them into a new way of thinking, a more progressive way of thinking through the actions of their leaders. They're kind of like following 
the ruler's example. And if, you know, they talk about in the book, if we start this change, the people will resist at first, but eventually they'll come to see it as we do and accept this new way of living. Yeah. So now we're just going to kind of rate it. I have a I have a rant for the rating. You have a rant for so the rating. So if you want to go first, if you okay. have a, little, a simpler one. So my rating for the priority of the orange tree. So this is weird because I actually thought about this a lot. I really want to sit on it, and this may change again. Which I need to start reading these books faster, like I told Tyler, to just really sit on it. My rating for the priority of the orange tree is an 8.2. 8.2. And I was going through a lot. <laughs> I, so I, I even like, I usually don't do this, but I was really thinking, um, you know, taking in different sections and sub ratings, you know, uh, characters, story, etc. And it, it kept coming out low. Mm-hmm. But like we said in our questions, check out our questions. I'm a big enjoyment guy. And I enjoyed the middle so much. That it was such a fun read. And uh, yeah. I think 8.2, definitely our, my favorite book so far that we've read. Yeah, I think it's a pretty good read. Very good. I think an 8 is. Um, yeah, hell yeah, 8's really yeah, up I think there. that's considered good. Very good, right? I mean... Well above average, because yeah. 5 for us is average. Yeah. So, very good. Okay, Go ahead, so, Go ahead on your <laughs> rant. Yeah. Um, keep it... Keep it <laughs> I'm not going to scream or anything. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so when I was first reading this book, and you had mentioned to me, you're like, this is probably the best book we've read on the on the, the book club. And I was like, I agree. And I was going through the first 300 to 350 pages. I was like, man, this might be, this might be my first nine. And then, uh, then the pacing issues started showing up, and the disappointment started setting in. Because I got to... I think the height of the book is around page 300 where a major event happens and you're like, man, where's it going to go from here? And then it unfortunately keeps going. And I got to around page 500 and then I realized like, oh no, there's still a lot of things to do and I'm running out of book. And this is a one book. This is a complete story. This isn't, this isn't a series. This is one book. And we still have all these places we haven't visited and all these things to do and all these mysteries to unravel. And I feel like a lot of those didn't unravel in a satisfying way. And a lot was either cut or just left intentionally uh, vague. And I really disliked that a lot. So I was, I went from a nine, then I when it like probably around like page 800, not 800, that's the end, uh, around 600, 650. I was at like a four. I was like, man, I'm not, I'm not feeling this. But then the ending wraps up pretty well. I don't feel like it's not a satisfying ending. It's just, um, it's definitely more for a casual fantasy enjoyer. Whereas I was looking for that depth and then to go the into, bigger picture. Yeah, it was then to go into details about all the little things. Uh, I thought about this, and this is the closest I think you can come to a book feeling like a movie while you're reading it. This, it feels like you're almost like you're reading a movie. Because just the way that things are introduced and then left vague and it goes really into detail about some characters and not others and uh, you get brought to places and they're never really explained or fleshed out. It feels very much like you're watching a movie adaptation of a book, but it is the book. 
And I think that's where it kind of fell off for me. Not to say it's a bad book in any way. I'm not, I'm not giving it a four. But um, I do think I was hoping for a little bit more out of this with how big or how long of a book it is. I was hoping to get a lot more detail and a lot better pacing than we did. So my rating, I'm giving it a 7 out of 10. Uh, I guess, which isn't bad. It's still very good. It's well above average. But I do think if you're more of a... I wouldn't call myself a hardcore fantasy reader. But I do read a lot of sci-fi. And I am a stickler for details. And I think if you go into it looking for that, you're going to be a bit disappointed. But overall, you're going to enjoy the story if you can look past... Um, some minor or some uh, moderate pacing issues and some uh, lack of detail. But other than that, the world building, overall enjoyment, the characters enjoyed it pretty thoroughly. I didn't think you... Well, I assumed you'd go that low when you said four. Um, I do understand. You know, I'm a big enjoyment guy. And I do actually, you know, I'm starting to realize I do like a slow burn. But I just and maybe if I sit on it more, I may change. But it just it was just such an enjoyable book. Um, yeah, those are our ratings. We should probably explain <laughs> that enjoyment is one of our rating factors. Yeah, because saying I'm a big enjoyment guy, <laughs> it's like makes no sense as a sentence. Yeah, I don't know if it's an actual rating, but I like to rate my books just on we could say bingeability. Mm-hmm. Like just it could be, you know, not a completely well written book with not you know impressive prose but it was just fun that's kind of what we mean by enjoyment yeah, i think a lot of peaks and valleys in this book the highs yeah. are really high but then when it gets low it does get pretty low but i would never say it gets to a point where you're like i don't want to keep reading you're still interested yeah it's just that uh, some parts get to a little bit of a slog or maybe you're not happy with where the plot is progressing but it's still worth it to get through to the end. See, I don't agree with that. I don't think there were any high highs or any low lows. Really? I was very neutral the whole time. I felt like I was, like I would be burning through it. I'd be reading 50 pages in like, not literally five minutes, but it felt like it, you know? And then I would just reach a point where I was like, ah, uh, yeah, it's time to stop for today. I'll pick this up later. Yeah, with that, we're going to head into the spoiler section. Yep. And uh, with this... We're going to try and not recount everything, and we're going to try and just hit the big points. I do want to start with the beginning, obviously, and mm-hmm. saying the beginning pace was off. I did not enjoy the beginning. First, like, 100, 150 pages was the roughest for me. Um, I know it's a build-up, obviously, but I felt like they jumped into it with the perspectives right away, and I was so out of it. Um, but, of course, it does build. But it was just a weird and jarring way of starting, in my opinion. Um, what do you think about the beginning? Yeah. Um, Any big... This is, okay, this is a problem with me with all... Basically all books I read, <laughs> but especially fantasy. I really don't enjoy the beginning, like you said, where they're kind of building the world and introducing to all the things. I, I like books, they do this a lot in sci-fi, where there's just like a three-page blurb at the beginning explaining the universe. I'm like, okay, I got it. I can get into the story now. I don't like when they slowly introduce elements of the world to you. And maybe some people do. That's kind of like a personal preference. But I prefer to just know what's going on in the overall world. And let's see how our characters interact with this. 
where this book felt like we're going to introduce you to the world through dialogue between the characters and it took a long time like you said almost the first 200 pages are all set up for how the book's going to go which i understand it's a book you have to build it somehow but it can be done better obviously because just to relate to something else everyone's gonna know this uh the farseer trilogy the one i've told you about this like mm -hmm. multiple trilogies that's the same way robin hobb the author is a very slow writer and she does the same thing but the thing is i enjoy her character work and she gives so much depth to what's happening around her the problem with this gave no depth to what was happening and it was just like you said through dialogue which was like weird i it's, don't know it feels like expository dialogue in a movie where people explain the world to you it's like the characters aren't even talking to each other they're like talking to you yeah they're like a thousand years ago the the unknowing what do they call him the nameless one yeah. came and it's like why would you what a name why would you say that no <laughs> that'd be like it'd be so it'd be like if a foreigner came to this country and me and you were talking and he was sitting right there and i was like long ago and i was like joe biden the 47th president of the united states <laughs> it's like why are you why are you saying it like that yeah and once again it wasn't bad i'm not saying it was all oh, terrible that was just a weak point for me mm -hmm. um and then after that is the only time it really peaked well it was still slow going um and then it peaked a lot towards the middle i say the middle as in like 300 to like 450 500 was really good for me it was like fast i agree i enjoyed it a lot and i was burning through it um i don't know if you want to talk about exactly what happens to anyone well do you want to talk about the characters first or do you want to talk about the overall part that happened because i have a lot to say about yeah the characters four different characters yeah let's let's talk about the overarching story and then we'll pick apart okay. each character we'll try and keep it we're not gonna go through every plot we'll keep it brief let's start from uh the assassination attempt yeah that was all right you mean like when uh Eid protects oh no i didn't mean i mean oh. when uh Livlin dies oh oh that is a big yeah wait let me let me think that's for page, a bit. okay for me that was page 300 that's when it really got good i think that was the only peak yeah it, that's where every everything kind of started with that death but i also assumed it already it was predictable in my opinion yeah i was i was this book feels so i don't want to say predictable at times it just feels very generic we're like it's like okay this queen queen sabrin she never wanted a lover she yeah. finds this guy and she's like oh actually i really do like this guy or i am in love with him i want him to be the the prince or does he become king i don't know how the i don't know how kingdom politics work but i want him to be beside me and we're going to give birth to the next line to keep away the nameless one for another generation and then it's like um he comes to eid and he's like i want us to go on a parade and show our love to the people and i was yeah. like and then they start doing it and i'm like in my Obviously head in my head i'm like there's no way <laughs> that they actually make this a dangerous part of the thing this is going to be a red herring nothing's actually going to happen because it would be so predictable for something to happen right here and then of course they have uh the game of thrones scene where the people in mass that try to assassinate the queen and uh the prince livelin ends up dying in that that scuffle and 
it leaves the queen heartbroken, of course. I will say, but that was predictable. Mm-hmm. The shocker, I'm just saying, let's not say shocker, was Trude or Trudy, Trudy, whatever. Yeah. That was, I was like, oh, interesting. Yeah. I didn't expect that. I didn't expect her direct involvement with everything mm-hmm. happening. I, I don't, that is a big point. Um, well, did that happen at the same time as uh, Susa death? Or was that a little bit after? That was a little bit later. Because that's a... That's another big one. Because Trudy is already dead when Susa dies. Or she's in the dungeon dying. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the next big one. Uh, that was the first death. Then Tane has her side of it. Which yeah, is kind of I... I really did not like Tane's story. Really? Even though she's my favorite character. I thought it was boring. I was... No, it wasn't boring. But it's just... I didn't like where they took her as a character. I, I There was no point... In having her go to Feather Island. There's no... There's, it's felt so contrived to have this random crime. I thought the dragon would speak up for her. Like... Whenever came Ni- back. Naya Mathun. That was the whole point, though. No, but she rode her to the place. I wish... Well, no, she rode her to the... The beach. Yeah. And then she was taken. So she was never had a chance to tell her. Oh. Yeah. yeah. I guess that's fair. But still, I feel like... They build up the respect for these dragon riders so much. I feel like the general, the sea general, or whatever, would have been like, "Ah, sweep that under the rug. You're one of our best cadets ever." Yeah. We'll just. We'll just well, I think they're go. they're a big, uh, you know, morals yeah. culture. So it made sense. I'm not saying it was awful, but I just wish her story would have taken a different path. How do you imagine Ruse as a person? Um, they said he was tall and big, which I did not expect. I oh, I forgot, I forgot all about man. that. I was not imagining him as big the entire... Yeah, they said uh, they looked up at a large man when Tane found, yes, found him I, again. I remember that at the beginning now. Yeah. But... Um, and I was like, I just imagine a shriveled old man. I imagine him as... Kind of like Taiki Watiti, the director huh? of Thor. Uh, okay, I'll go Lost. with someone else. <laughs> um, kind of like a sexy Nicolas Cage. Okay. But Nicolas Cage's body with a completely different face. Kind of like... A little bit taller than average, lanky, gray hair. You expect him to be attractive? Yeah. I thought he was... A, I don't know. Yeah, I guess since... Because uh, he, like, made that dude Jean fall Art, in love with yeah, him. Yeah, because his hair, his flowing hair. Yeah. Which is actually the first... That was the first LGBTQ moment, technically. Well, they mention it, but they don't get to them well, yeah, until later. Dead. Well, yeah, but they actually... You know, they have that... Yeah. Uh, that one chapter that's in the past. Yeah, where they talk about it. But still, he was like the first one where they kind of touched on like his lover. I was like, oh, interesting. I also yeah. didn't give a shit, so. Okay. D- Fuck Ruse. Um, All my homies hate Ruse. Do you want me to go off about Ruse right now? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so I think Ruse should have died. <laughs> first of all, he should have died when they cut his arm off. I was like, what? He's alive? Why is he there? He has no purpose being in this story. But yeah, I think Ruse could be cut entirely as a character. And it wouldn't change the story whatsoever. If you simply repro- replace Roos's chapters with Loth, it works for me. In my head, it would work so much better. Because if you want to have a uh, a gay man in the story, why isn't Loth gay? You could have a gay relationship between him and Kit. And then Kit's death would be so much more meaningful because if you have lost his lover... And it talks about Loth the whole time, how he never wants to wed or take on a, a princess or whatever to be with him. Why Why isn't Loth gay? Why is, why is Roos shoehorned in here? Damn. 
I didn't think about that at all. That would have been perfect. I don't think about the kit thing. Uh, that didn't have to happen, but I do agree. It would have made a lot of sense. Since they brought it up so much, they should have spun him to end up in something. Because, yeah, I mean, Ruse added nothing but minor inconveniences to the story. He actually didn't even make anything that bad. He was just annoying. He, he didn't I, really he's do... He's unlikable. He didn't do anything, <laughs> and then... And his whole transformation at the end was fucking bullshit. I don't yeah. care. He's unlikable the whole story. Up until the his last chapter, he's a piece of shit. He even goes, even though he decides not to. <clears throat> I forget her name at the moment. But he's going to betray Who? the girl the the girl that's the pirate translator. Lady. Yeah. yeah. He was going to betray her to the nameless one until he saw Tane on the ship. He, he was like, I'm going to kill everyone. <laughs> I was like, why also, are we supposed to like this man? I also love how uh, we're kind of going all over. But we're, let's, yeah, let's flesh out each character. But when he was like, yeah, she'll never know it's coming. When my man's like 60 years old with a, a knife. <laughs> and he's like, I'm going to just. And I thought he was going to do it. Apron's wearing chest plate armor. Yeah. It's like, what are you. And I saw, uh, I thought he was going to do it. And then she would just literally kill him. But instead, he's like, I decided not to. Because that John Art's dead, and she tried to replicate. And I was like, man, I don't care. Honestly, yeah. I really don't care. I'm praying on your downfall right now. <laughs> I, he should have died. A hundred percent. I That was another thing I really disliked about this book is something I always say in these reviews. Kill your characters. Don't be afraid to kill your characters. Why is Ruse alive? Why is the Empress alive? The, the pirate? Empress, yeah. The pirate bitch? Why is she living? She was on a, an, an isolated island with no one on it but her and her crew and like 500 wyverns. Why is she living? I, don't, I really don't like stuff like that. Um, and I understand she would have had to die off screen, which a lot of people dislike. But I think it's... Or off page, because it's a book. Yeah. But I think that's okay when it's a character like that. She's not one of the main characters. Let her be dead. Find her charred remains later on. Yeah. So that was Ruse. Who else did you have an issue with you don't like Sabrin. um yeah well she's I li- neutral she is what she is i, I liked her that. i liked her more when she was isolated with tommy when they had their emotional scenes but she's generally rude to everyone else Eid, i'm sorry Eid. uh yeah when she's isolated with Eid and they have their romantic scenes or even when they're just hanging out she seems very likable but she's very rude to everyone else in the book and I mean, she is a queen yeah i understand how it's supposed to represent she's kind of you know She's expected this. She's the default queen image. But um, it talks about how she's rude to her her bedchamber lady when she's dying. She's like she has like a fatal sickness, and it's like that's someone that like spends the most amount of time with you, even if you are royalty. I feel like she would have more sympathy for someone she's that close to. I think it. Just... I think it makes sense. I, I didn't. This. I was very. I'm gonna say it again. I was very neutral to her. Which isn't a great thing yeah, to say I about all this. I said I'm a but, I mean, hater, but I mostly just liked her at the beginning. As the book went on, she was fine. She literally is just a default snob queen. Yeah. And then she changes slowly with Eid and softens up. I actually loved the romance side of that where it was, once again, you know, easy to see. But mm-hmm. uh, Sabrin's so used to power. Eid was the only one that's like, hey, no. Like, you know, this is yeah. how it is. Speak truthfully. That was nice, little. You know, it was nice for her to kind of check her and be yeah, like, "Yeah, and she's you need like, to be oh. realistic." Like, yeah. So she was okay. Um, 
I actually really like Law as a character. I don't see anything wrong. No, I him. like Law. I like I said, I just wish he yeah, would have been course. given the romance plot instead of Ruse. But yeah, as a character, I, I like Law a lot. He had, he like we said in the spoiler free section, he had the most growth and change as a character pretty much in the whole book. And I, I love how it wasn't like a full change of belief. It wasn't like okay, this is how it is. Makes sense. He was like fighting it the whole time. Yeah, I, was, I liked how I really that was probably the most realistic depiction of someone changing their mind where they fight it until they realize yeah. that they're the ones that are wrong. And he's yeah. like, oh wait, well I realize uh, the religion I worship is based on a a guy's embarrassment in the past that Cleoline didn't want to become his queen and all and the eight what are they the eight or the seven what. The, the the saints the virtues yeah um was it six shit. seven six. or eight it was six six virtues um <coughs> he's like maybe maybe what it was based upon was a lie but i can still find my own truth in it and he he starts to uh manipulate his own way of viewing it to incorporate the people of the east and he's like oh well now that i've met these people i know they aren't insane dragon worshippers they're their basis of religion is valid because he realizes that their dragons aren't these evil entities. They're actually kind creatures. Yeah. And, um, Eid is another one. Once again, she didn't change a whole lot. I just liked her character. She was a basic assassin rogue type, mm-hmm. uh, brute kind of woman. And I liked it. I mean, I didn't, she didn't really need a change in my opinion. He does. Ukunara. I think, I, yeah, I think she was fine. Um, who else I even cared about? Chazar. Chazar? I don't know how you say his name. Oh, He was yeah. cool. Yeah, he felt like right. a cool uncle. Yeah. He's like, he's he, kind of... I don't know how he didn't... I don't know how they didn't realize he's only on Eid's side. Yeah. yeah but he was I a cool man. I just saw him as a big... Yeah, big man, big uncle man. Um, I like that bear. The Ichnumian. Yeah, that was awesome. He was cool. And I was telling Tyler, I had trouble imagining that at first but he said kind of like a bear i don't think they're actually supposed to be like a bear but in my head when they describe him like nuzzling and just hanging out hanging out around her bed and cuddling and stuff i was like i imagine him as a big fluffy bear i I still don't know what they are i think he's supposed to be more wolf-like but to me he's a bear yeah i also actually really like the the side characters like um more like the bedchamber ladies, uh, mm-hmm. Meg, Lost Sister, and... all those. I actually thought they had a decent amount of depth yeah. with them. I wish they would have gone more into... <clears throat> I always forget his name. What's his name? The the guy who has like spies everywhere. Uh, the Nighthawk. Yeah, Nighthawk. Comb. I th- Comb. Yeah, Comb. I thought he was really interesting. I wish they would have given him more page time. Actually, uh, yeah. See, in the beginning, I just thought he was a usual... Once again, everything in this book in this book is generic. Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. You've seen it all before if you watched any tv yeah any fantasy exposure you're probably gonna see some of these characters but he had the most he was the most fleshed out in the jail scene where he's like i'm gonna be loyal to whoever is holding the crown you know he's like it was true like protection i really like that he was like he took his duty seriously he's like my job is to protect the realm and keep the line of barethnet going and he's like that's what i'm gonna do no matter what even if it compromises her friends or her lovers that's not important to me what's important is that she has an heir, and later on when she can't have an heir, that she remains on the throne to keep peace throughout the land. Yeah, he's just a big nerd. Big defense nerd. Yeah. Um, um, I thought I thought the crest thing was weird. 
Yeah, I don't. I think she should have been way more prominent if they're gonna so, make her. It was so I was random. Like, I was like, "Who is that again?" Yeah. I had to look in the glossary to see who I she was. I still didn't know. I had to just read it because <laughs> I didn't have the glossary, and it just came out of nowhere. Oh yeah, this is happening. She's been building on this for years, and they yeah. gave all the backstory. I'm yeah. like, all right. They really whatever. needed to flesh out her more, and Trudy and Sawyer. They really needed to give them more page time. Just, I know he died, mm-hmm. Sawyer, but I like how they never talked about it again. Yeah, uh, she just saw him. Tane saw him in Susa, and I was like, "All right, you know." Yeah, fair. he's dead. But I, yeah, if they're gonna be such important elements in the story, I understand their only purpose was to get the story going. You know, to bring. Um, they were trying to warn them about the, the nameless one and get the two jewels before anyone else even knew about it. Yeah. But, um, I feel like you should have given them a little bit more depth. And then Crest, of course, as well, because if you don't know who they're talking about when the big twist happens, that's a problem. I I understand that's a retention problem, maybe on my part. Maybe I should have remembered her. There's a lot of characters in this book. I feel like you should give more credence to the important ones. I will say another negative is the amount of characters. There is way too many characters, way too many names, and I don't think you have to memorize them, but... They gave way too many. Uh, am I supposed to care about every empress and everything? You okay, know? so you've read more fantasy than me. So you've been reading like Mistborn and stuff. Do those have a lot of characters like this one does? No. no? See, so most epic I know, fantasies well, will. Yeah. But guess what? They have 10 books. Yeah. I was you gave us 200 characters. I know it's still a big book. But I just... It went in one area out the other because... What am I supposed to do with all that? And they're like complicated names. It's not Bert and yeah. They're Bob. very. A lot of them are very um, non-English yeah, names. Yeah, you they, know, like more Asian. They, spark, which is, definitely. Which is fine that they're foreign to our tongue, but you got to mention them more or give them more depth if you want. You know, dumbass English speakers like us to remember these names. Yeah, but that but, was just um, another. Yeah, I was gonna bring that up. Like Game of Thrones, famously has like hundreds. Wheel of Time has like three thousand <clears> characters. But each of those books is this length or longer, and those characters come back. This one, you know, you might see a character once, and then you won't see them again for 200 pages, and it just says their name and nothing about them, and you're like, yeah, I'm going to just read like I know who this is, but I don't really know. And the thing is, they'll introduce, uh, it was especially when they were talking about strategy for the war or whatever, and they brought in this lady, Mm -hmm. and... uh, the one that is like in an alliance with the Priory. Yeah. And they brought her in and they had a deep talk with Eid. Am I supposed to really care? Yeah. You know, I that mean. Was the, that was another one of my major complaints is why did you spend so long talking about the ladies of the bedchamber? If there are these major factions that are going to come yeah. in later and we know nothing about them. They didn't even bring back. The princess of Yasklin or whatever that uh, that gave Loth the box with the jewel in it. That's true. They we never. never we don't even know if she's alive. Yeah. Why they Why they kick her out and bring in this other random lady? I I understand she's supposed to be stuck because she's working with the enemy, but they could have they contrived a bunch of stuff. She could have got in there, and then the Hroth Kingdom in the north, which I'll show you in the book, is like this little speck of land, but it leads to something bigger. It's just not they don't have it mapped out, but. You never talk about them, introduce them at all. Even when they're having talks with the East, 
they're never mentioned. And they're there for the final battle. And it's like, they've got tons of warships. They're the second yeah. biggest navy. It's like, maybe, hey, maybe you should have told us that at some point. But yeah, I, I think, you know, the only other peak I was going to say back to Crest was, um, how do you say it? How do you say it? Truid? True? Trudy? Trudy? I don't think it's... It ends thing. with an E. I don't know. Anyway, her, <laughs> uh, her head on the gate was a shock for me, too. Because yeah. she was just in the dungeon. You weren't going to assume she'd die. Because just, you just assumed that Sabrin wouldn't have. But I was like, oh, wow. That's kind of that's kind of wild. But yeah. I don't think there's any other peaks that I know of. No, uh, I really did like, even though he's only in the book for a short time, I like the Eternal Emperor. Yeah, he was cool. I thought he was interesting. Real chill. He's like a yeah. hipster dude. Yeah, he was like just, a, just like young, but not super young. He said he was, he was in his like... I think. Yeah. A lot um, of people were 25 and... Yeah, he said he was just like, he's like, yeah, I know I'm probably uppity because I'm the emperor, but I kind of try and downplay that. <laughs> and he was, he was a chill dude. Yeah. Uh, I did like They only him. talked about his dragon a few times, which was unfortunate. That was inter- that was another the, thing. What's it called? The Imperial Dragon? Yeah, so. It's supposed to be the largest, oldest dragon in the land. You so see two scenes. we move. So we're going to move past. We talked about all the characters. We talked about the big parts. We can move into the ending now. Mm-hmm. And that was one issue, not to cut ahead. But the Imperial Dragon, they literally note for one sentence, oh, and they looked at her as she approached the nameless one, almost the same size. I was like, what? I was like, why is she almost the same size? What, is there a dragon that's almost as big as the nameless one? I did yeah. not well, imagine that at all. I imagine, so it says that the nameless one was born out of an imbalance between Saren and what is the other one? Uh, Saren and Sidon. Sidon. Yeah, the Saren fire and, Sa- and the fire and illusions. Stars. illusions whatever <laughs> yeah. you want to call yeah, it. The two balances don't really work. We're just gonna say what? fire and water because they're water dragons. Yeah. Whatever. Even though they use wind, but they live in the ocean. Ah. <laughs> big. Yeah. Big <laughs> but, imbalance. But guy. yeah. But maybe she came from an imbalance of Saren, <laughs> like the un- the nameless one came from an imbalance of Sidon. That's why he was born. But she's not evil, so no one rebelled against her. That's why she's almost as big as him. Is what I'm saying. Yeah. But why? This dragon is so cool. Why, why did you not mention it? Why, why not have Naimathun be that person instead? Also, why is she the leader of the dragons? And this book's about dragons, and we don't even hear about her yeah. besides when she. Oh yeah, the Imperial Dragon actually commands all the dragons. <laughs> Silence. Yeah, we only we only get the name for two dragons. Yeah, they throw it in during Gruth, the battle. Ruthra or something. It starts with a G. It's a uh, her friend's dragon. Yeah, Onrin. Yeah. And During then, the fight, I was like, I don't care about this I, now. I really wish there would have been more stuff. Instead of banishing Tane to Feather Island, flesh out the dragon. Show us some more of the, the dragon culture, how they live amongst each other, how these ancient beings talk to each other, or maybe just show us their command structure. How does... Is, is Naima... Because it talks about how the south... The southern east dragons, like the... I forget the name of her country, but where Eats from, are smaller. And how the, the, the land of the Twelve Lakes, where Naimathun and the Imperial Dragon are from, are huge ancient dragons. It's like, why not go deeper into that? Tell us some dragon lore. Yeah, yeah. And, and also... Uh... Naimathun, well, real quick. Naimathun is so wise when she speaks. And she explains, like, Eid is worried about how she she killed. And Naimathun's like, you can't always be nice. You, ha- you have to be evil sometimes i'm the, not i'm not judging you on how pure you are i'm judging pure you are i'm judging you on how committed you are to our 
Yeah, so race. she said the ocean isn't always pure. Yeah, and that, ocean isn't always calm. That's yeah, and was. she has yeah. the heart of a dragon. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, that was, was cool. That was a hard also, line. <laughs> why are there no dragon interactions at all? How come the dragons don't even talk yeah, to each yeah, other? Yeah, I know they don't say. It. Maybe okay, they've been around for thousands of years. They're like, I don't uh, want to talk to you it. anymore. <laughs> said it all. Well, shut up, Bill. I don't care. And also, yeah, they did say that too, which they literally mentioned like twice during the small parts of her training as a dragon rider, how the, like, uh, the sergeants or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Oh, and she's like, oh, she looked upon them with their dragons bigger. Why Why are they... So there's, like, older dragons that were bigger, and then there's, like, a lesser dragon. Yeah. From what I understood, which is not much, it's the Sea Empress. Is that what she's called? Who? It's Imperial Dragon. Yeah. This, like, council that lives with the Sea General... These huge dragons that like see if you're worthy or not. I think there's like three of them or something. Yeah, and then the dragon, the twelve rider. lakes, dragons, mm-hmm. which is Nani Mathun, each uh, Tane's dragon, and then the southeastern dragons, which are like smaller. But I really would have liked to go more into that. And Nani Mathun was such a cool character. Have her speak more. I imagine yeah. her as like this, like she said, it's like such a deep voice that it's even hard to understand. Where it's like, I. This is, a, this is a weird cross. And I imagine her as a cross between Parthenax and uh, Lady Gliadriel. God, I can't speak. What are you talking about? Uh, the lady from the Lord of the Rings. Oh. The, main, the main elf. <laughs> oh, the big, the nice pretty one or whatever? Yeah. Gliadriel. I can't it's say it. A... <laughs> Gliadriel. Is that it? There you or go. is it Gliadriel? Whatever she... People know what I'm talking about. I can't speak. I don't know what's wrong with me. Um, I'm going to put like a, a text-to-speech with it just saying it correctly. But it's... I imagine a cross between those two where it's like this... Because she is a female. It's like this comforting female voice but just at a very low baritone like I just imagine rumble. an old wise lady voice, honestly. I just... Yeah. I just imagine dragons are so powerful how kind of in Skyrim... Their voice itself is an attack. Where not not the same in this book, but it's just powerful when they speak to you. Yeah, but yeah. Let's just cut to the chase of the big fight. Yeah, we need to talk about the ending. Trash. Come on now. <laughs> it wasn't trash. None of this was bad. But I was like, man, that was. Yeah, this is that where, was quick. That was like twenty where, pages, man. This is where the pacing issues really. It. They just. It was a huge trip. Man. It was a huge trip to this battle. Which to... happened way too fast. And then the they name prepared... was one. Sorry to cut you off. They prepared for the battle in like six hours. Yeah. You need to... They have five different countries uniting. You could have made that happen a little earlier. Make it more realistic. Yeah, so the nameless one burst out of the sea. They have a little interaction for about 20 pages. He's talking to them telepathically through the gyms. Yeah, and then Tane tries to fight him. Whatever. That's re- no point in recounting. Let's just say mm-hmm. it was way too fast. Well, I mean, yeah. Why? I don't understand. What was the point of having having Caliva take the sword if they're just gonna kill her so easily? Oh, hold on. We forgot. I forgot to bring her up. I liked her a lot. I did like her a lot until cool. the end. I I thought she died way too easily. She's been alive for like two thousand years. Everyone died. To the nameless one. This huge. Creature that's four times the size of every other dragon. Yeah. Man, it was just one tapped. I know it was kind of the point. I did find it. But. Wow, we're skipping all over the place now. 
uh, yeah, it was really annoying how easily he... I mean, I wouldn't say it was easy. It was a struggle for the characters, but I don't like how quickly it happened. Yeah. I think <clears throat> the easiest solution for me, not to... I don't like nitpicking and telling people how to write their books, but <clears throat> easiest solution for me, as I'm going to do what I said, don't like doing, is remove Freydell and put the Nameless One in his place. There's no second winged. It's the Nameless One that comes back and tries to kill Sabrin and Eid fights him off. And then maybe uh, make him a more active role yeah because he's only there for 20 pages and he's been built up as this huge thing the whole time and he gets smacked because one of his scales gets taken off and he gets killed by a sword he's supposed to be this giant beast and he gets well, killed by a sword well he didn't get killed right he still got did he get sealed no they said uh he's never he can't come back because he's the sword in him yeah so it'll kill him over time yeah he's sealed he's away sealed in the sea yeah. but uh yeah because it wasn't enough to just you know stab him they have to, yeah. they have to and it was too easy also jumping around again not well not really they just had to kill meg's husband for fun right at the end the the night no he's alive did it meg was tending to him in the but then law said he's dead Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I must have missed that. I'm I had sorry. to read it twice. I want to look because I didn't understand what they were trying to say. I thought he was just being cared for. I thought he lived through their battle. She was kneeling beside Sir Lintley, whatever, who lay still and bruised on a pallet. A deep wound stretched from his jaw to his temple. He had been stitched with care, but he would be scarred for life. And then Margaret looked up at him, and he crouched beside her. And, uh... I think he'll be all right. She smelled a smoke. A soldier did this, not a worm. He is dead. It's over. No, he's saying the nameless oh, one is dead. Oh, now yeah. that I read it, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, no, he didn't. Livelin didn't. Or not they Livelin, said it weird. I was like, what? Yeah, I did I did literally think when I read that line, I was like, why didn't he mention who died? <laughs> yeah, I was like, he's he dead. Could, he could just say... He could just mean anyone. He could mean the, the Undying Emperor, and we lost. He's dead. Yeah, yeah. He, said, he could have said the nameless one was dead, because it was like, I don't know, it was a weird way to phrase all that yeah. one after the other. But, okay, but at least it didn't die. Um, it it wouldn't make sense. Yeah, I guess we can, before we go to our closing thoughts, we can backtrack a second, because I do want to talk about Caliba and um, what's the name of that damn sword? Yeah, we skipped over all that. Uh, Ascalon. Ascalon. And then he, um, she uh, had sex with her son. That was wild. I thought, okay, one thing I did think was cool, Keyboard. not the sex with the son, but... Big fan of that. Even though it wasn't really his son, her son, but... <laughs> yeah, um, that's true. It was really cool that it explains why all the queens look exactly like each other. It's because the staring in her blood kind of, like, messed with the birthing process. And when she takes her two forms, she looks exactly like Sabrin. I found that, like, a really creepy visual. It's just, like, yourself looking back at you. Yeah. Just, but like this evil twisted version she yeah i mean that was a big part too I, I really liked her um she was really cool her turning into the dragon was wild too i did not expect her to yeah, be one I, of the western that was dragons a, that was one part that really surprised me also why that's a lot of power you know that's i feel like it's way better yeah, why than does the, she need to serve the nameless one if she can just turn into a whatever i, I think she just got bored she said <laughs> it for a bit she was like you know sabrin was like why wouldn't you want to help me she's like Eventually, you get bored of what you created. It can never be perfect. Yeah, that's a. I've talked about this with someone before. We were talking about if you had immortality, like if everyone had immortality, 
eventually your family would be meaningless to you. Yeah. Because imagine if you're talking to your 300th descendant, like 300 greats down, like you're your great, great, great grandpa, but like 300 of them. It's like, I don't know you or care about you. Why would I yeah, you're interact so, with you at all? You're so detached now. And it's been a thousand years for her, so it's quite a few generations. Yeah. But, um, yeah, another part I disliked is when Ede betrays her and goes back to the Priory, which I know makes sense. She's Priory to the core. She's grown up with it. She dedicated her life to it. But I feel like Caliba just revealed a uni- like a universe, a world-changing truth to her that Cleoline... Uh, didn't slay the nameless one, or you know, at least it didn't happen how the Priory thinks it was. It yeah. did, and I think that would have shaken Ede's beliefs, and maybe she would have gone back to Calibur with the fruit just so she could like hear the rest of the story. And I think her having like a little training arc with Calibur would have been more interesting than, in my opinion, the worst part of the book, which is Ede jumping around the continents going. From uh, wherever Caliba is, I forget the name, to back to the Priory, then going back to Sabrin and getting shot with a dart for no reason, just to contrive that plot where Loth can go across the sea instead of her. It just, yeah. Uh, uh, it definitely... Uh, it got really messy for me right there. I do understand, but it, it wouldn't have made sense for, to have any kind of training. There was no time, which once again, kind of goes into pacing, but not really, because you can't really put that in a one book anyway. Mm-hmm. Any any build of sorts but i thought that too i was like dude she could have just trained with her and got that power but then looking towards the end it made sense she never would have done anything she didn't give up she didn't care yeah she only wanted one thing but at that point we didn't know Calvary was evil we thought she's just like a neutral character yeah i thought she was like wronged you know i thought mm-hmm. she was just wrong by the priory and it, she really was just weird she was just weird and they didn't understand she, her well we know now how she got the immortality if you're the first one to eat the fruit you become immortal which was a weird tie-in too with the como como rita whatever yeah uh, do you know what was the other girl's name the other ancient one that helped defeat the nameless one it was um she had a different name yeah co- what? something some of the k and then the comorito and then but that the, was the island not the woman yeah whatever the woman was anyway how did she die tane's ancestor how did tane's ancestor die i did not understand that um, I know she like moved to have a simpler life. And I think she uh, killed herself. Okay. Some because remember they said yeah it doesn't she make you can't a, be it's not immortal it's just you can still be killed you're not invincible you're immortal yeah. that's what it was um, I think she killed herself I'm not sure I think you're right about that she I just bored. couldn't remember it while I was reading I was like why isn't she still around which was a weird no I, I enjoyed the tie-in to make Tane more yeah. relevant i yeah i it was think, a true calling of whatever I think it was necessary because up until that point you're like why are we seeing tani what's the point of this i guess <laughs> and then eventually you're like oh the jewel is inside her um well you could argue that Eid wasn't really relevant until you know she was just a normal i guess a normal red damsel but even before that yeah but she's kind of like Eid is the connecting glue between yeah because so, she's already been there for eight years which is kind of yeah. where it all and really, started. anyone from the Priory could have done this. Could have wielded the jewel. Well, it's well, it's because yeah. she. Anyone got who eats it. of the fruit can do it. But I think it says it binds to the person who touches it until they die. I don't know. I don't know. Because I don't know if it said that. At some point, it said something along those lines because it's the reason why the Priory didn't steal the jewel from Eve after they poisoned her. 
because they knew it just wouldn't work. Hmm. When her friend, what whatever her name was, came and gave her the poison. I like how Tane could just control it and eat. They never they were supposed to train with it together, but yeah, they didn't. They literally said we could work on it. No, no, Tane never... controlled it, like trained. Oh. You guys remember it talks about her on Feather Island training the tides. No, but she's in. when she met with Eid, she was like, "We could work on it together to make oh, sure we yeah, both." Yeah. And they never like did anything. Oh, you mean the other jewel? Yeah, yeah, with yeah. the other one. She, she just wanted got to teach it. Eid. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I would say maybe maybe keep everything the same, and not that this will fix everything, but extend the book fifty pages and give Eid and Tane some room to get to know each other, because. I understand Tane is like completely different. They don't even speak the same language. And Tane is like, I think like nine or eight or nine years younger than Eve. So they have that. But I really wish they would have interacted more because they're essentially our two main characters. And they don't really, they're together at the very end, but you don't really get any too many interactions. They just, they magically have this perfect chemistry to fight together. And that's all you get really. But yeah, I mean, uh, if you don't have any more points, I wanted to conclude with that one note where it's like, you said it was like a movie. Mm-hmm. And I think that makes so much sense why it didn't work completely. I still gave it an 8.2, mind you. I still really enjoyed it. We're complaining a lot, but there, we're were, just there was a lot of things we enjoyed. Yeah, we're, there's no like major complaints but, that are book ruining. But yeah. it's like a movie, whereas if I were to be watching this, it'd be way better than it as is as a book. Because they, it somehow all works out in the end. Everyone comes together in this mishmash. Whereas in a book, it doesn't work as well because I wasn't as fleshed out. But in a movie, it would have worked way better. I feel like because it, it had like a movie dynamic. Yeah. You understand? In a movie, like, in a movie, you're a lot more forgiving for contrivances and just things piling mm-hmm. up at the end. Because yeah. like, okay, this needs to happen. Makes sense. In Wait, a no, no. in a two-hour movie, we don't have time to introduce eighteen kingdoms. In a book. You don't get that excuse. Yeah. Maybe, you know, as a reader, you're like, you should have done that. Yeah, exactly. Right? I feel like it was vague for no reason, but I understand she was trying to keep it to that one book. And What's I it? wouldn't have want... She could do a trilogy of sorts, but she had to really break it up. Not She couldn't do a trilogy based off this. No. That would be weird. And I don't no, know about there's adding no, there's more no to it. There's no natural stopping points in this. Yeah. I mean, I guess there are, but... Nothing that I think would deserve to end a book on. Like, you could say Eid getting poisoned could be a good end to a sequel book, but that's really a, a cliffhanger. It's like we didn't yeah. resolve anything, we're just leaving it on a cliffhanger. But yeah. what do you, um, well, you said the prequel is going to be about the grief of ages, that like period where the nameless one was ruling over the land. Yeah. What do you think the sequel is going to be about? If you had to, if you had to guess, just based on where it ended, I honestly have no clue whatsoever. Besides, a it'd have to be a time skip to when, um, you know, Eid has served her ten or Sabrin has served her ten years ruling like she wanted, mm-hmm. and then come about a new age. But then they'd have to throw in something else to happen. I, I don't think, know if it could be just dragons anymore. I think my prediction is going to be it's going to be shifting back and forth through time and it's going to be about tane hunting down fredo and the the right wing or whatever and because he says he's still alive <laughs> and out there um and Eid and sabrin's relationship and then it's going to skip to a future 
where maybe she never killed Fredo and he's still there. And it's going to be about people in the future looking at our past characters and like how history has twisted their story and trying to unravel the truth like we did with uh, Cleoline and what was the guy's name? Galen? Yeah, about them. So I think that's where they're going to go. I really wish there wouldn't be a sequel. I think this works way better as a standalone. And the prequel. I like the prequel. That's a fine idea. It makes sense because they're... It always makes sense when there's a, a past tragedy that happened. Mm. So I think that one's going to be good. I don't mind. Um, I'm not really a fan. Like, I wasn't itching to re-explore this world. And I don't know if I'm going to read the prequel or the sequel. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I do think a prequel is more viable the way this book works than a <clears throat> sequel is. But, you know, it's got 100,000 reviews on Goodreads. Over 100,000. So... Obviously, you're gonna make a sequel. Why not get some some of that that the green moolah. paperback? <laughs> yeah. Also, to wrap it up, I wanted to look at some, as Tal just said, some good read. Ah, the good read reviews. Yeah, some so. reviews. I have three reviews here. One great one. This person loved it. One decent one, and one guy absolutely hated it. Uh, <laughs> okay. Don't uh, don't say their names. You can't they don't have the, real names. Oh, okay. You can for the good one, but I, I don't want to dog So, A one. here. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, so uh, this first review, they gave it a five stars. But yeah, I'll just read it, and then we could just kind of see if we agree. Um, so, this person, she loved it. She said, I felt like a thread of my heart had snagged in the priory of the orange tree, and it's still trying to tug me back in. I barely felt time passing. And I felt dreamy and obscure and so keenly aware of the world around me. Um, the same experience of waking up just as the last vestige of some delightful nocturnal adventure disappearing. This, so, is, all, this is a great book. Um, without any spoiler. Well, so she, A is going for her master's in no, this, poetry. This person's name is like Cha or something. Um <laughs> Uh, that that was basically. Okay. I just gonna, it was like, odd a little bit to put a poem at the beginning of your <laughs> review, but I mean, there's a. She obviously felt very attached to the book <laughs> and the characters. Where, I don't think any of us had really a strong attraction—not attraction, but attachment—to anyone in the book. Like we enjoyed Loth, but I, I wouldn't say he's like one of my top ten characters yeah. I've ever read. But maybe if you're, um, in the lgbt community and you're finally seeing some sort of representation in like a in a book that's not just smut it's actually like a good fantasy book maybe that's the first time she ever read something like that where she could connect to the characters i could see how that could happen where we might connect to say like aragorn in lord of the rings and she didn't have representation like that now she does i could see where you could really enjoy it from there but she didn't really state anything that she loved particularly about it. So it's kind of hard to see if I agree with her on those points. Yeah. So she, she's kind of, she gave a 10 out of 10, basically five stars. She didn't really say anything specific. But this next one, we have a bit more to. So this is like a three star. Yeah. This is a three star. Um, so I'm not going to lie. I feel fucking proud of myself for managing to make my way through this giant um to say that i'm sad this turned out to be a three star is an understatement so what she liked easy writing relationships and friendships diversity we agree Mm -hmm. um what she disliked everything else oh which 
this is what we're going to understand a lot. And um, so most of this book was slow pace. And then towards the end, everything suddenly started being rushed and thrown together. She didn't connect with the characters. She felt detached towards the end. And she said she appreciated the growth of Ruse. I don't agree. Mm-hmm. And she liked Tane and Loth. Um, but she did not like Sabrin at all. Found her obnoxious. So I think I, I oh, we agree, agree with a lot mostly of those. with her points, especially the pacing issue. But I don't think I ever felt detached to the characters. I felt like I was with them. I just didn't like how they were going about it. But I felt like the story worked. It just went too fast. But yeah, the pacing issues. Um, she disliked Sabrin a little bit more than me. You didn't mind her. Um, I didn't appreciate Roos at all. I wanted him. I was waiting for him to get shanked and i felt like he was the most pretentious character in the whole thing when he's getting carried around by those servants yeah i think so I was Bruce, like, ah, Bruce is annoying because he was like he felt like he didn't deserve anything bad happening to him like oh i never should have been exiled this and that they're just cringe but she also said yeah i found her obnoxious arrogant dislikable for sabrin um which i can understand like you said if you really get emotional with this you could say she's annoying, but mm-hmm. I don't know how you couldn't see it just as a normal royalty head. Yeah, if you have someone sense. that's had... She literally doesn't even wash herself. They do everything for her. Obviously, you're going to get some sort of superiority complex from that, but uh, I think her growth toward the end saved her character for me. Also, she went through a lot. We, yeah. we ignored that a bit. She went through a shit yeah, ton Yeah, she of... had a miscarriage getting stabbed by a dragon spike through the child. Her freaking husband for the first time. Died like... in front of her in her arms. Um, and she almost lost Eid. I her mean... mom died when she was young. She lost Loth, which was like her best friend. Yeah. Then Eid gets... Uh, well, she leaves on her own accord and because she's going to be sent to the dungeon. Then but... basically almost died again. So Yeah, and then Sabrin almost dies. Like She gets sick like three times in this book. I think uh, she's going through more conflict than most people give her credit for. Okay, and then the final review, one star. So. Is uh, this, okay. Well, you, you'll say it. I was just wondering if it's like a real review or if he's like a racist. <laughs> well, I'll read it. Okay. It's been given the, the Game of Thrones and Lord of the Rings label, and although I should know better and stay away from anything tagged, deserves to be as big as this and that. Uh, whatever. He's a sucker for it. Um, let's see what he says. For a while, this is a decent story dealing with the issue of faith and lengths rulers will go to to keep their people afraid. Um, politics, backstabbing. Um, but his first issue is the amount of characters and the history. More characters in one book than half the Wheel of Time uh, series. Um, too tightly packed with barely any time given to a character fair um and it's really prominent with antagonists he said and then his second issue is the lack of threat from the dragons although the nameless one minions are stirring from their slumber they barely show up and there's a great deal of preparation but you never really feel the threat because it's so quick and uh yeah yeah i think both of the points are valid um, too overrating for what he just said but i digress I yeah mean, one star is a little aggressive I don't, I, okay, I'm going to go through it. I'm going to need you to read the second part again. But um, I do agree with him that this won't be remembered with the Lord of the Rings or the Wheel of Times or the Game of Thrones. It's not, it's not that great. But I do think, I don't think you should compare it to those. Like, 
I don't think you should put this on the same pedestal and compare them one to one because those are like the some of the greatest books ever written and this is fairly new where it hasn't had time to sit so you can't say that it's one of the greats yet you know? well he was saying so people are saying that mm-hmm. so i mean i i think people love to exaggerate yeah stuff. yeah there's no way you can't take someone this book came out in what 2018 or something yeah and you can't people will just say just because it's super popular this is the next thing i obviously he said he's just a sucker for that kind of thing but i don't think that it's uh <laughs> i don't think it's going to be one of the greats in 50 years but i do think it'll it'll remain fairly popular and especially with how diverse and uh multicultural the book is i think it'll have some staying power with yeah. that but i don't i like i said i don't think it's one of the best books ever written yeah, I don't understand. Uh, I think it's more of a popularity thing, and I don't even think. I think it's just, you know, the voice of few, mm-hmm. or you know, the loudest, whatever. The most popular people are saying it's great, so it goes to the front of your feed or wherever you're taking in this information. But I think, like we kind of talked about in the beginning, I don't think everyone loves it. I think a lot of people who have read a lot of fantasy I've seen mm-hmm. said it's fine. Yeah, and I agree with that. It's good. I think, I think it's mostly yeah. popularity. If you're, um, say, like 15 to 18 and you're new... You might love that. You're like, oh, this is a really good book. But as you read more in-depth books and uh, better constructed books, to be frank, I think you'll realize this... It's not, I wouldn't say it's mediocre. <laughs> it's better than a mediocre, but it's not a 10 out of 10 amazing book. It is. It well, sits around that 7 to 8 mark. To be fair, it's weird that we think of, think of it as that way because we haven't actually read any epic fantasy either no so but... the, well, no the fact that we still don't hold it to high regard is interesting because we have like no background knowledge but the of books it. we do read aren't like like i said earlier the colleen hoover the ultra popular meant for the lowest common denominator to where everyone can read them i think we just naturally meet read more niche slightly harder to read books and so when we go to like this level of comprehension not to say that it's like super easy or like a dumbed down book, but it is more broadly appealing. And it's, you know, it's just like not a lot, not as much substance as we would want from something being boasted and praised this highly. I think it's quite simply just a very average story with nice diversity added on to it. Yeah. And then, he, I mean, it's just a dragon book. But what yeah. did he say before the pacing issue? Because I wanted to bring that up. It's too tightly packed. It is exactly as we said. Yeah. There was no flushing out of or fleshing out of a character that was introduced randomly. You just kind of have to deal with it. Yeah, I didn't really, I didn't know that, um, because I don't have a lot of experience with fantasy. I didn't know that this was an abnormally large amount of characters for one book. I while I was reading, I was like, maybe I'm just not used to this. All these characters, but it seems like it is a pretty common complaint that there are simply too many characters or too many names you don't even have to really call them characters yeah. in the book uh, i do agree with him completely that the dragon threat you know i understand these are people that have lived in this world with dragons the whole time but you could make the dragons seem more menacing it seems like every time they show up three or four dragons get killed before the characters actually get hurt or have to start worrying about them like when um Eve is getting chased down by the prioresses and <clears throat> the dra- the they go to the ruined city and the dragons come upon them and they kill one of the prioress 
people immediately. That's the Priory people immediately. Um, I feel like that's the only time the dragon felt like a major threat besides like when the ultra powerful dragon attacks the queendom is like, why would you only show that once? Why not show the dragons being a constant menace throughout the land? Yeah. Things like that. Yeah. I think it was pretty, they're pretty easily dealt with besides the big ones. Yeah. That was a good review. All three of those were pretty good. Well, but yeah, uh, first to give it a, a lot, to give it a one rating for stuff like that didn't really make sense to me. But yeah, but I do whatever. think at least he put valid points. I was expecting a rating, a one star rating, to be like something homophobic. Yeah, <laughs> and then uh, bad representation. Maybe you can't do that on Goodreads. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's about all. I think we talked about it. Yeah, pretty thoroughly. I think. Oh yeah. Um, good thing we didn't talk about everything. We'd be here three hours. Yeah, we still true. talked about a good. The fishing was two hundred pages, and we talked about it for two hours. So, yeah. um, yeah, we're still still longer than I thought we would talk about it, to be honest. Um, but yeah, that is Priory the Orange Tree. Uh, if you haven't checked it out, and for some reason you've listened this far, worth a check out. It is currently three dollars on Kindle, but normal price is only like eleven. So if you have a Kindle, worth it. The paperback's only like fifteen for a giant book with some really cool art on it. It's a worthy pickup, absolutely. Got everything. I made some notes. Uh, okay. Yeah. So, next month we're reading Swan Song. Don't ask me a name. It's <laughs> O'Donnell, I think, or something like that. No, I think it's Robert. Um, Robert R. McCammon. McCammon. Pretty cheap, and it's free on Kindle Unlimited too. So yeah, y'all if you got Kindle pick Unlimited, up. pick it up. Um, I think I saw on Amazon it's like eleven dollars or something. It's a yeah. pretty it was written in nineteen eighty seven, I think. Don't get don't quote me on the year. But um but yeah, it's pretty pretty old book, so I'm sure you can find a used copy really cheap if you if you dig around a bit. Um another lengthy one, even longer than this one. You wanna give a quick um not even a synopsis, but just like an overall about what it's about? It is eleven hundred pages, and it is. It said that, but I. But uh, I downloaded on Kindle. On Kindle, it's nine hundred forty-seven pages. So. Yeah, Swan Song. Basically, a quick synopsis. Uh, synopsis. Synopsis. Like in the brain. <laughs> <laughs> uh, an ancient evil roams the desolate landscape of an America ravaged by nuclear war. Um, he is the man with a scarlet eye, of an elephant force. Um, that feeds on the dark desires of the countless followers he has gathered into his service. His only desire is to find a special child named Swan and destroy her. But yeah, from what I understand, it's just about like a nuclear accident happening and then humans are literally evolving in some type of way. That's all I know. I never read into these because I don't want to. Yeah. Um, but it seems really interesting. seems some sort of premature forced evolution on the humans to get them to survive in this desolate landscape. Yeah. Do you yeah. know what awesome. Swan Song is? What do you mean? Like the, like when someone says it's, it was her Swan Song? No. no. It's like their last song. Swans sing when they die or oh. something. They make a noise. I don't know yeah. if they sing. But uh, their Swan Song is like their final <laughs> act or final words or hmm. something they, something you grow, go out in a grandiose way. I don't know if that comes from this book or not. Maybe. But, um... Oh, it could be the cry of the human race. Oh. I'm going to tell him that. <laughs> you got a call. Might it make call a change. McDonald's. You know? <laughs> Oda- whatever his name was. Robert. Robert. <laughs> no, I'll see. Yeah. Uh, I don't even know where I'm... McCammon. <laughs> That's what I was thinking of. Uh, but yeah, we'll be reading that 
pick it up. It's free. And like you said, you could probably find it cheap. And it's a big one too. I mean, it gets compared a lot to the stand, but this one's actually supposed to be better. So did the stand pretty... come out first or was this first? This one came out first. Okay. The stand actually supposedly took a lot of inspiration from this. Oh, okay. So, uh, so yeah. But yeah, I mean, that's the end. Check out the TikTok. Check Please. out the YouTube. Please. We need more views. Anything? I was trying to think if we had any special announcements. We do have a special video coming up, but I don't want to, I don't want to ruin anything. So I'm not going to tell you anything about it. Um, Stay tuned for next month. Yeah, definitely check big out. Big month. The, very big month. Very big month for us. Uh, definitely check out the TikToks. Uh, you do get clips from this, but we also post some original stuff on there. It's not like we're just cutting out stuff from the podcast. If you want to see our ugly um, faces some more. Yeah, I'm going to post a second one tonight. So oh. uh, it's a three TikTok day over there for <laughs> us. You got to get over there. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's about it. Thank you guys for watching. All the links are, of course, down in the description for all the books we're going to read. Uh, the Discord, TikToks, YouTube, Anchor, which is our... A podcast host of course we have all of our podcast links listed on there be sure to check all of those out on your preferred listening platform anything else you want to say oh we did forget to say we hope y'all had a good thanksgiving oh yeah great uh, thanksgiving. if you're in the states you gotta, you gotta do they do you think you think thanksgiving has transcended or no no, no? you no, don't think so, I don't think so. <laughs> okay but yeah i mean i think that's all we have um stay tuned for next month like we said big month uh but otherwise Pause and...